RC Plane Lab, a podcast for anyone interested in RC airplanes. We'll share tips and tricks on how to build models and talk about successful flights, epic crashes, and everything in between. Visit us at rcplanelab.com to sign up for our email list and to ask us questions. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now here are your hosts, Ron and Tom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RC... What? What the hell's wrong with you? I don't know. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RC Plane Lab Mm. podcast. I'm Ron. I'm Tom. On this episode, we're going to be talking about field boxes. So what you should keep in them. And what you should keep in them. So the the last time when we went out, um, you know, I I talked about how I I brought my field box, but there was like nothing in it. So I thought it would be a good idea for me. It was woefully lacking in supply. (laughs) I thought it would be a good idea for, for me and for everybody else. Um, to get an idea of what Tom keeps in his flight box. So this is tools. This is not necessarily like spare parts or anything like that. Right. You know, we're not going to be talking about keeping glow plugs and all that kind of stuff in there necessarily. Um, but these are just the tools that you would encounter when you go to the field and you might need to do something. Right. Um, and I also want to say, so I don't know how the audio is on this. I, I hope it sounds okay because my kid was using this soundboard and playing with it with his little guitar thing. So if anything has changed, I'm sorry. I think I got it set up about the same way it was, but uh, we'll find out. Okay, why. Maybe it's better. It could be. I mean, it sounds we'll pretty see. good to me. Yeah, me too, right but now, it, anyway. it's, it's hard to tell. Right. So um, flight boxes, let's let's get started. Yeah, so... You know, I'll, I'll talk about what's what I keep in mine, um, and just note that just because I have it in my flight box doesn't necessarily mean that you have to keep it in yours. Um, perhaps you have a friend that has a flight box and always has exactly what you need in it, so then you wouldn't, uh, you know, you wouldn't have to keep everything that I have in, in mind. But but I, what if you're out of the field and your friend's not there, or exactly. your friend fails to bring it with him? Which happens mm-hmm. from time to time. So, no, you're better off just keeping a bunch of stuff in it. So yeah. I, I want to know what I need to stock mine with. Okay. So in my fight box um, that I've had for many, many years, it's got many, many years worth of stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on one side here, I'm looking at it right now, um, there is a... Uh, so mine is a flight box that has like a little detachable portion of it that has a 12-volt battery, my electric starter... And a power panel that's mm-hmm. all run off of that 12 volt battery. And right now, um, that portion of my flight box is pretty much unusable um, because I don't keep a charged 12 volt battery in it. So that's pretty much just dead weight that I like to carry around, you know, because it <laughs> makes it easy to get it out of the car and you know things like that. And well, uh, uh, so. so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you on that one just really quick. So. You know, they, they most of these have the, the power panel thing that you put on them, like you're talking about. Have you ever really used yours? Back in the day, uh, I did. Okay. Uh, before before we had, you know, the high capacity, even the even the nickel cadmium uh, batteries for our uh, glow plug igniters, mm-hmm. back in the day, they were, you know, 12,000, 1,200 milliamp. So you had to charge them, usually, if you were going to stay at the field for any length of time. And the power panel has a, at least mine, has one that you can actually recharge your uh, glow plug igniter with it. Yeah. In addition to that, if your glow plug igniter, your battery powered one would go dead, you would keep, you know, a spare corded one in your flight box that would plug into that power panel. And you could actually adjust the voltage, which 
anyone I ever know just took that knob and cranked it all the way up and made that <laughs> plug as hot as you could get it. But anyway, you could, you could, you know, ignite your glow plug off the power panel. Um, so yeah, back in the day I, I did, I did actually use it quite frequently. But they've kind of become, I don't want to say useless, but outdated perhaps? Um, yeah, I, I, I would say outdated. Um, not, not that they're, not that they're, um, obsolete because I mean, right now, I mean, yes, I keep several, um, I try to keep them charged glow plug igniters in my, in my flight box, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but in the odd, you know, rare occurrence that I take all of them and they're all dead or whatever, and I'm by myself, I still have a backup that I can light the glow plug with if my 12 volt battery was charged. Yeah. So I guess I don't use any of that stuff. Right. Um, I haven't like, even when I did nitro before, I really didn't use that because when I first did it, I thought, okay, this is cool. I'm going to get the flight box, get everything that you're supposed to have with it. Um, but first off, those batteries are small, mm-hmm. the ones that go in there, and they're they're fairly, I think, expensive for what mm-hmm. they are, and they don't really give you a lot of power for all day no. use. Um, and like, especially like you, you don't like to use a starter; you like to do it by hand, so right. you don't always have to use that to start your airplane. Right. But what I have done then instead, of, if you go to like Farm and Home, Big R, or whatever's local to, to, to you guys, and you get yourself like a bigger uh, like lawnmower type battery, like riding mower type yep. battery, right. a lot of those will have built-in handles on top of them. Yeah. And that is so much easier right. to transport than it is to transport yeah. the it, whole thing with right. it. Right. And it's a bigger battery, just like right. more yeah. capacity and it actually you know will spin over a... An engine, you know, especially a higher compression engine, a little easier than this little twelve volt thing I got in my flight box here. So yeah, and so on it's the dead. like on the the uh, the banana plugs, where they call the yeah banana plugs, the three millimeter banana plugs that yep. are on the end of that. Yeah, like that. Um, all I did is I just made an adapter with female banana plugs. I put them onto the uh, to the uh, alligator clips. And then with that, you can just go straight from the alligator clips to the battery. Right. And like I said, to me, I think that works a lot better because I've never used that for charging a glow plug igniter or for, um, like you said, with the, the lead yeah. to use that to actually the plug. light yeah. the plug. And, and another function was if you used an electric fuel pump back in the day, you know, you would, you would run your fuel pump from the panel. Yeah. I did buy one of those too. Yeah. And, and there's I, one mounted to the other side of my box here over here by my gallon of fuel that I haven't used in. Eons, ten years, decades. Or more. Yeah, knowing I, mean, I can't you. remember yeah. the last time. I mean, the leads aren't even. I cut the leads off of it because I was tired of them flopping around. So yeah, that's another thing that to me I think was uh, um, a non-necessary purchase was the electric one. Yeah, because the hand crank ones are so easy, and yeah. there's nothing to go wrong on them. You don't have to worry about having power to, to right. run it, and you can control it a lot easier. Well, you know, when you think you're so, getting close to being full. You can slow down. Yes. You can control the rate of the flow, and I, I I prefer using that to like, which which is weird for me because I like things, you know, that are more electronic, that are more easy to use. But for me, I, I just think, yeah, yeah, I just think the the rotary ones are great. Yeah. Well, so again, back in the day, a lot of our listeners will remember um, the Dave Brown six shooter. That's before my time, right? Which was a hand crank fuel pump. Back then, you know, the, the technology and the, um, the design of it was such that you really only got about maybe a quarter of an ounce with each, you know, rotation <laughs> of the, well, the pumps today, even the hand crank ones have, have come so far in their yeah. design that they're so efficient. A few quick turns and, you know, you got three ounces of fuel. Yeah. Um, 
So it takes a lot less time with the newer style hand crank pumps. So back in the day, so you weren't spending 10 minutes cranking fuel into your 14 ounce tank, you would have your electric fuel pump and you'd have it in there in just a matter of seconds. But yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, on the other side of the box next to my gallon of fuel is a dead um, or dying electric fuel pump <laughs> that I haven't used in many, many years. Yeah. Unused. But I continue to carry around though because I like carrying around heavy things. <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> yeah, for no apparent reason. So yeah, that's uh, that's that side of the box that I that I don't use very much, but I continue to carry around, and I'm not exactly sure why. I think it's because it balances the box, so I have the weight of that 12 volt battery that I don't use um, on the opposite side of the box that the gallon of fuel is on. So it kind of you know maybe it balances out the box, and that's a mental thing for me. I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, I have no intention of taking out anytime soon just because I'm stubborn, I think. Probably. Is, the, is the battery any good still? I can't remember the last time I charged it, so. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Yeah. Yeah. So, so moving around to the back of my flight box, I have a set of Dubro uh, ball drivers, which are an Allen wrench with a rounded end on them. So I took the Dubro kit out of the package and just screwed it directly to the back of the box. And yeah. I use those a lot, actually. Because it, it came with its own storage container. Yeah, it comes for with a mounting. Rack. Yeah. yeah, which is kind of nice. Yeah, so I just kind of slapped that on the back of the box, and I use those a lot, actually. And um, which what sizes are those? I have the standard ones okay. here. So those go from, I think, 0. .050 all the way up to, I think it's a 316. It's a big one. Okay. Um, eventually, when I get around to it, I'm going to buy the metric version. Oh, and mount it next to it. And mount it right next to it because there's some room on the back of it, and I'll get that done one of these days. Um, And then, like, on the opposite side of the electric stuff is, like I said, my gallon container of fuel. Uh Um, So that pretty much rounds out the two sides and the back, and uh, and then all the stuff in the middle. So... That's the stuff I don't have. Right. So let's uh, let's figure out what, what you have in there. Yeah. So we'll start with right on the top here. Uh, I've got my hand crank fuel pump that is uh, attached to my uh, gallon of fuel via a uh, feed line and a return line. Mm-hmm. Right. I have a tachometer, a digital mini tachometer, which I like to use to help me with tuning. Um, I also have an expanded scale voltmeter which is basically a way you can put a load on your receiver battery. I think it puts a one amp load and then it gives you in an analog terms, a needle that if it's in the green, you're good to go for flying. So the old style. Then. Yeah. The one I have right. is. Well, I have both. But, oh, okay. But the, the, okay. the analog one is up here in the top of the box. <laughs> okay. I will shut my mouth. No, that's okay. Um, and then I also have um, usually three glow plug igniters. Uh, and I usually try to keep them charged. I try to keep them charged all the time, but I'll usually charge all three of them the night before I'm going to go fly. And so with those, those are all rechargeable or do you have any that are just powered by like a C battery? Nope. Mine are all rechargeable. Okay. Um, They do make the ones like you're talking about and Mm -hmm. I think they even make one that's powered by a big D cell, like a regular alkaline. And those work really, really well, but you know, when it's done, you know, you're replacing a battery and I would rather just have the convenience of charging one up. And I understand that, but it'd almost be nice as um, just in case. You know, if you do have yeah. one that dies, to actually have a battery sitting there that you don't have to worry about charging, you know, the night before that's not going to die. So I, I can see both sides on that, yeah. actually. 
I could probably also save myself the hassle by charging the big 12-volt battery over here and then lighting the plug via my field panel. But See, to me that seems know. a little more dangerous, though. The because cord. then you have the cord, yeah. and especially if you use the the twelve volt starter, you have two cords that you have to worry about yeah. around the engine when yep. it's running and spinning fast. Yeah, that's true. So, back before rechargeable battery powered glow plug igniters, that's all we had was the corded version. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. And there were we used to power them off of a you know, the little square lantern batteries, the one and a oh, half. Oh, like volt. the? Oh no! Yeah, I, yeah, I thought were, those were like were, six volts. Well, they make them in six, but you could get a one and a half volt lantern battery, you know, that was about the size <laughs> of the the six volt, like you're talking about. Yeah. And we would screw the leads onto those, and then that would sit sort of behind the airplane at the tail, and you'd run the cord up to the engine, so you wouldn't have to worry about the cord. Wow. Yep. Back in the day, olden days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Back when it was black and white. Yeah, that was before color. Yep. <laughs> before they invented color. So also in the top of my box here, I keep a uh, a cool little. Um, I call it a nine-in-one little handy little screwdriver thing that uh, that ratchets. It's got you know different bits in it. It's got a um, has a Phillips bit. It has a couple of Allen wrench size bits, and it has your favorite flat screwdriver bit in there. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to keep that in the top of the box because you know it's handy for wing bolts and common it's you know just Phillips a full size stuff. one though. It's... Yeah, this is a full size one, and it ratchets. Oh. So it's pretty <laughs> handy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. So, um, yeah, I keep that, and then I keep a pair of side cutters. You never know when you're going to have to cut a battery free or a wire tie or whatever. Yeah. Um, hopefully you never have to cut a battery out of an airplane, but I've been there. Ah, so I have too. <laughs> so it's handy to it's handy to have. Uh, Usually you're in a hurry when you do that. So also in the top here I've got a flashlight because sometimes, you know, if you're trying to stare up into a cowl to see where the needle is to maybe make a needle adjustment, you need a little bit of light. So I keep a little flashlight, a little LED uh, flashlight in there. And then I have a couple of containers of just some loose odds and ends, like, you know, extra landing gear straps, uh, clevises. So there's a little container of nuts and bolts. I mean, really small grab-and-go type stuff. No large assortment or anything like that. Yeah, just things you've come across that you might need that you've taken out of another airplane or something and thrown them in the top of that. Exactly. Yeah. And then something else you might want to keep in the top of your box is a uh, a spare engine, like I have here. <laughs> I have the uh, I have the ASP ninety one off the trash can Telemaster still in the top of my box. Yeah, that that yeah, that's a a story for another day once we get right. it going. But um, yeah. engine number four isn't looking too good right now either. No, no, we've got some runtime on it, and we're not not very happy with that. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll we'll get we'll get an update into that here eventually. Once we get it ran and figured out, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, so the last thing here in the top of the box that I can talk about is uh, I keep a pair of uh, fairly heavy-duty gloves because, like you said, I, you know, I like to hand start yeah. pretty much everything if I can. Uh, so a glove is you know, a nice heavy glove to protect my fingers. Like a leather-type glove? Yep. yep. Yeah. And then so, do you use a, a chicken stick at all? or? You know, I used to. Uh, in fact, I there, here's one right here. It's broken. Uh, but I do have one. <laughs> Um, well, the, the stick part of it broke off the handle. So, I mean, I, I still use the handle from time to time. Like for instance, if somebody asked me to help with their airplane and I walk up to the airplane and I notice that they have not, uh, and we'll talk about this someday too, because this is another one of my pet peeves that they have not like dulled the edges of their prop. So they're as molded. I will put the glove on and, or, and grab the, the chicken stick. 
most of the time what you do is just take the edge of your uh, like exacto knife and just run it right over the edge of that uh, propeller takes that sharp edge off yeah not like the wooden ones or anything but like the no, molded no. plastic ones, <laughs> right yeah. uh, not the yeah. carbon fiber nothing like no, that no, no. but just the like master your... air screws are the worst are they? Yeah. They're the, like, I don't know, something about the molding process. They they cut up my hands like nobody's business. So I will, Really? Yeah, I'll take my X-Acto and run it over the, usually the trailing edge is the worst. Yeah, I always thought the APCs yeah. were Those were are sharp bad. too, but yeah. um, usually those are molded in such a way that they're not as, they don't leave the, the sharp edge on the trailing edge like the master air screws do. Um, but anyway, I'll keep, that's why I keep the chicken stick in here for, times like that somebody, somebody wants to help and they haven't done that issues. And, yeah you know and i'm not going to go carving on somebody's prop with my exacto knife so I'll, I'll take one for the team and get out the chicken stick so i don't cut my hands the broken chicken stick it's broken but it still works yeah so yeah i mean it's just half a chicken stick it's it's a yeah it's a, it's more like a chicken twig i guess how did you uh, <laughs> wow how did you break it uh because those to, are pretty, to be honest like, yeah stout yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it here. I can't remember. Obviously, I was trying to start something fairly substantial. And Oh, that's a plastic one. Yeah. Oh. What would you expect? Wood. Oh, well, no, this one is an old... Uh, so it looks like, actually, it looks like a motorcycle grip. It does. And then the end of it was a was a piece, I believe it was a fiberglass rod that had then been plasti-dipped or whatever, been had a plastic oh, coating on that it. that is not what I was thinking. The ones I've seen before have been like wood, like turned wood. Oh, well, I mean, you could certainly... I mean, yeah. anything you could use that's maybe softer than the prop itself would yeah. be would be you know okay to use. But okay, yeah, this well, one. And yeah, this I one's, see how you broke it now. Yes, yeah, so this one's fairly you know flexible, and you can see on the end here that I've. Are you been, sure that's what that is? Because it really looks like you no, took like a, it really took like the hand grip off of uh, <laughs> off of like a kid's three wheeler Schwinn Stingray with, yeah. with that usually has the streamers yeah. and stuff hanging down. That's no, what it looks like to no, me. No, this is a uh, this was a well, I mean, maybe that's what it how it began because a lot of the products we use in the RC industry are repurposed products from something else right I Sometimes. guess yeah so this may have been exactly what you're talking about but in the end of it uh, was a like I said was a, like a fiberglass rod and that had been coated okay. with a plastic coating so that's like a quarter inch hole then that you're talking about roughly that yeah. you're going to be sticking stuff out of so I like okay yeah, so a, what yeah. I'm used to seeing is probably like a, a three quarter inch diameter stick with a handle on one side. Okay. And it's usually, like I said, that I've seen yeah. has been like pine. So that's no, there's why there's been was, Yeah, there's been lots of different types, but yeah, that's I think why this I was one really was like that's why I was really questioning how you broke it because I thought it was yeah, a little bit more substantial gotcha. than yeah. that. That uh that's well, very soft and no, I think pliable. these were made for uh like forty to sixty size or smaller. And I probably tried to start somebody's one twenty four stroke with it or something. Yeah. And you know, broke it. But anyway. Oh. It's still, you know, the handle still. Get rid of it. No. It probably started out as white, and it's ivory now. It looks like it's been, in, <laughs> it's, you know, like 30 or 40 years old. It's been around a while. <laughs> uh, all right. So that pretty much covers the the outside of what's in and on my flight box. So my flight box has two drawers. Um, lots of different flight boxes are arranged, you know, differently. Like I said, mine's old. I've had a long time, and it has two drawers. And I think that's like the, the most common type you can get from like Top Flight or Horizon and, and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Yours, did yours start out as white or did you paint it? Uh, so mine was a kit that I built many years ago um, and I epoxy <laughs> painted it. it I, this is a, K&B Super Epoxy. A kit built flight box. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah, actually, I, I didn't know this that was, was a thing. I think this was actually a Goldberg Ultra Tote, if well, I remember correctly. See, yours is in a lot better shape than mine. And I, I bought mine eight years ago or whenever it was that I started. And it was, uh, I think, Horizon is who the, yeah. the who made the fly box. Hangar, Hangar 9, I think. Yeah, Hangar 9. It, it, you know, is that different? No, but okay. that's if it's a Horizon, it's branded one, it's as Hangar 9. Yeah, okay. Probably. It is the biggest. Uh, how do I want to put this? Uh, <laughs> an honest review? An honest review. No, I'll, I'll try and be nice about it. It's not put together very well. <laughs> and, I mean, they use the cheapest wood you could possibly buy. Yeah. Like, you can't slide in the bottom uh, drawer without lifting on the top drawer. I mean, stuff is just cut so bad, so hmm. weirdly. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, so if yeah, you're, you're going to buy I one, mean, try and spend some money on a decent one because this yeah. was not cheap. And there's custom-made ones out there, too, that you can find. Like if you if you do a Google search, you know, custom flight box or custom field box, mm-hmm. there's guys out there that make really, really nice ones. But here's the thing about those, you know, those custom-made ones. They're very heavy. And if you're like me, you have to carry your stuff from the basement to, you know, turn a corner and get out the side door and then carry it out to the garage or, or the or the car or whatever. Heavy flight boxes are kind of a pain. Uh, so, you know, the custom the custom flight boxes are awesome if you can just wheel it from the car to the garage and then from the garage to the car or what have you. The heavier they are, the more of a pain they become, especially if you have to drag it out of a basement like I do with mine. And I made the comment, bringing mine in here, man, this thing gets heavier every time I pick it up. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. But Pro- you have probably. a lot of stuff in there, too. Well, I do. Like um, a motor that doesn't need to be in there. Right. And a 12-volt battery that I haven't used in doesn't years. Doesn't do anything. Doesn't do me any good. Yeah. So in the in the top drawer here, I'm just kind of looking in here. I'm not going to rifle through it. I don't want to make a lot of noise. I'll get in trouble. <laughs> but uh, I don't want to be noisy. <laughs> You're right. It's all good. So pulling a few little things out here, I've got a servo tester, right? You you know what this is. Mm-hmm. You've, you've got a similar one. Um, Mine's they're, not as nice. They're really this was like four dollars, I think, from Hobby King. It's not a it's not a high quality, but it does what I want it to do. It tests servos. Mine was like a dollar sixty on eBay. Okay, so like mine 10 is years high ago. dollar compared to yours. Then yeah, no, eight years ago. But yeah. um, yeah. So yours has the the LEDs and stuff on, which I don't know what that's actually going to tell you. What is I that? Don't know. Oh, okay. I just use it to basically test the limits and test the servo, and yeah, that's really all I do. With that's it. all I use mine for too. It's yeah. mine has a knob, and then you can set it between manual, uh, auto. Or it does one other thing, and I don't well, remember what it according is. According to the back of this, it has two modes for checking one to four servos. Oh, what are the two modes? Well, I can't read this. So. Oh, throw it over to me. Let's see. There you go. It says, oh, boy, I can't read it either. What? Wait. M- what did you say? It says manual <laughs> mode and automatic mode. Oh, well, the, oh, that's right. Yeah, so like on the automatic mode, it moves the servo from one limit all the way to the other and back and just keeps doing that. Like a windshield wiper blade. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then manual and then the mode. manual, you can turn the knob there that's on the front and move the servo manually, I guess. But what do I, oh, yeah, but I don't know what the LED thing does on it. Maybe it measures voltage, pulse width maybe? Does it, can it measure that? I doubt it. I don't know. Hold on. I'm going to run and grab mine. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. So I went and grabbed mine because it had three modes and I didn't know what the third one was. Um, and it's actually very handy. It has a centering mode. Oh. So you can do the same thing as on yours, um, but it will also set it to neutral. 
So that's so good. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's good when you're trying to set up an airplane. You yeah. don't actually have to have it hooked up to your uh, your transmitter. You can just use this, and then you can set all your control throws to Perfect. neutral. With yeah, that. that's, that is handy. Yeah. So see, even though yours was cheaper, yours is more functional than mine. Yeah, but yours looks nicer. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. So my drawer, this top drawer is divided into two sections. There's a left and a right. Um so there's my servo tester. I've got a digital non-contact temp gauge, which is handy for reading cylinder head temperatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, this one, I believe the limit is 200. Uh, <laughs> so occasionally, yeah, we'll run our motors a little bit hotter than that. Yeah. So it becomes useless over 200. But anything below that, uh, digital non-contact uh, thermometer there, pretty handy. Also in this drawer, I've got some stuff to write with. So you never know, you get to the field and somebody says, hey, you know, I got this cool airplane I would like to get rid of. Uh, Do you know what it might be worth? Uh, Would you be interested in it? Uh, Oh, it's an old kit. Yeah, I'm interested. Um, (laughs) So you might want to write somebody's phone number down. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll want to make a note uh, as you're flying. Maybe maybe the CG feels a little bit too far forward or too far back, so you make a little adjustment and, you know, you write that down on a piece of paper so you can add it to your binder of notes at home on that airplane when you get home yes uh, so some binder car- of notes on an airplane we all have those right sure, right okay uh also in this uh, side of the drawer i've got a couple of extra um sub c size uh, nickel metal hydride cells for my nice starters or my glow plug igniters i keep a couple extra there they're not charged so i'm not sure why i carry them <laughs> in my flight box but there they are they would not be charged anyway by by now no no Here's a uh, here's a cool little uh, floppy exhaust diverter. You never know when you might want to divert some exhaust. Uh, looks like I've got uh, some lead weight in here. Again, <laughs> handy for CG adjustments. Oh, uh, I thought you just wanted field. to make it heavier. To no, carry. well, I mean, this certainly does make the box heavier. No question about that. But I have been at the field before and wanted to make a CG change. And really the only way to do it quickly at the field and yeah. still get some flying in is to stick on some lead. Uh, oh, just a note about that. If you do that at the field, that's fine. It gets you through the day. But when you get home, knock that lid off and then find someplace handy to glue it inside the airplane. You don't want it falling off. And, you know, you get five or six ounces of nose weight falling off. Now your airplane is suddenly tail heavy and hard to land. Or better yet, try and do it by moving something inside the airplane so you're now not that's the ideal, weight. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the ideal way. Uh, exactly. So also in here, I've got a little extra bit of fuel tubing. Uh, and, um, that looks like, oh, I have my prop reamers. So I keep a metric one and I keep a standard one. So there are some engines out there with quarter 28, mm-hmm. you know, standard size crankshafts, and there are lots of other engines with metric ones. So unfortunately you got to sort of keep one of each in your box or at home. Uh, I keep them in my box cause sometimes I'll take spare props if I want to play with, you know, different props or whatever. And you know, if I have forgotten to ream one out at home, then I can do it at the field and still proceed with my uh, tinkering, if you will. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. And then the aforementioned 12-volt uh, 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 glow plug lead that I can plug into my dead power panel and not light a glow plug with it. Very useful. And that's pretty much uh, pretty much the, the nuts and bolts of what's in this left-hand compartment on the top drawer. And and pretty much all that's on the right-hand side are spare glow plugs and um, wing bolts, like nylon wing bolts. Now, are those just extra wing bolts then, or? Okay. 
yeah, they're extras. Um, they don't belong to any specific airplane. So when I'm storing an airplane, I try to take the wing bolts and actually thread them into the blocks that they go into or mm-hmm. into the wings so I don't lose them. Right. Uh, some airplanes can't do that with for whatever reason, um, in which case I take a an old servo, like a like if you buy a Spectrum servo, they'll come in a cool little plastic case yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I keep, you know, I'll write on the outside of the case what airplane it is, and I'll throw all the hardware in there, and that way it's all in one spot and labeled. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, yeah. Uh, and a little bit of Velcro, and that pretty much completes. Oh, uh, this is important. So, you know, I met, I said that uh, I was going to buy the metric set of Dubro wrenches to put on the back next to the standard ones. Yeah. Well, I do have a set of metric wrenches here. Uh, these are just the standard L-type, you know, Allen wrenches. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are made by Bondis, which have the ball ended, you know, kind of like yeah. the Dubros. Um, and these will live in my box until I get that other set, you know, mounted on the back. So that pretty much completes the top drawer. And what about the next drawer? Uh, the next drawer. The next drawer is where I keep all the fun stuff, my tools. And uh, so the bottom drawer on mine is divided into three segments. And I'm kind of like, I like to try to stay organized. So in the first segment are wrenches, pliers, crescent wrenches, needle nose pliers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the center section is all of my socket head screw wrenches and my really good uh, Phillips screwdriver that I like so much made by Weeha. Never heard of them. Yeah. Good stuff. It's a, it's an electric tool company. I think they're, uh, that's what they're known for. All their stuff's made in Germany um, and it's high quality stuff and it has the cool little spinny knob on the end of it so you can really... Oh, yeah. Um, but the tip is what what really sells me on these things. I mean, the tip on these things are precision ground and tough as nails. I mean, you can't get a lot of torque on this particular one, but they're good ones. You can really get a lot of torque on them, and the tips really, really um, stand up to abuse. Yeah, that is a nice-looking end to it. Yeah. And they make they make wrenches. Uh, they make socket head cap screw-type wrenches. They make Phillips and flathead. They make wrenches. They actually make nut drivers, too. Uh, so it's good, good, good quality stuff. Unfortunately, all I could afford was that one Phillips screwdriver, so (laughs) there it is. Um, So that's the center section. We'll talk about sizes in each one of these here in a second. And then on the on the right, the farthest right compartment here is just kind of a hodgepodge of uh, there's an Exacto knife, there's a spare. Oh, this is important too. So I've got a a carburetor tuning screwdriver, and what's (laughs) Uh and what's special about this? is that it it clutches, right? So the, the, the actual tip will spin in the handle when you reach a certain torque. And the reason that's important is you don't want to over-torque your needle settings on your carburetors because, you know, usually you're pushing a needle into a brass seat, a steel needle into a brass seat. <laughs> yeah, huh? What's so funny? Well, what's so funny is that uh, now that I'm seeing this and, and knowing what it is, I threw one of these away. Thinking like it was junk? Three or four weeks ago, because I was going through my shop, going through stuff and organizing. And yeah, there was one, and I was like, <laughs> Oh, this thing spins. What a piece of crap. It's not doing anything. So yeah, I threw it away. No, that uh, you should have hang, you should have hung on to that. Yeah, good to know now. Um, but yeah, late. they are they are designed that way to protect your needle seats. Okay. Like I said, you know, we're, we're threading usually steel needles into a brass seat. Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so if you over torque it, you could spread out the seat and ruin the needle. Uh, assembly. So yeah. that's a very handy tool. I keep that over here. On now the I get to go side. buy another one. Yep. Now you can go <laughs> buy another one. 
Um, so like I said, this one, this side, this little compartment here is just kind of a hodgepodge. I got an extra prop reamer in there, it looks like. Uh, oh, and I got this really, really handy. Uh, I call this my Chapman Toolkit. Uh, it's actually the Chapman Manufacturing Company that make this. It's a cool little ratcheting um, hex key type deal. Oh, sure. Deal. Um, this one's standard. Uh, they make standard and metric. Uh, very handy, and I impressed Bob last time we were out. He thought this was the coolest thing ever. So that is pretty cool but i could see other ways of doing it so what's special about that that you can't do like or why would you use that over your ratcheting screwdriver so um this will get in really really small areas right okay so it's a ratcheting handle mm -hmm. kind of thin and the, the bit snaps in like that and now i can get torque on this fastener in a very very small space okay that's what's really handy about that and the tips on these little inserts are precision ground so they fit the fasteners really, really snugly. Okay. So you're not stripping out fasteners and things like that. So that's what I like about that. And Bob thought that was the coolest thing. And I think he's probably trying to find one now. So let me guess, not made anymore? No, you can still get these. Oh, okay. No, no, Good. these are that's the thing about tools, like like hand tool type yeah. stuff. They still make them because you can use them in other, you know, in other areas of the of life, right? You know, working on cars, working on electronics, whatever. Yeah. A lot of that stuff translates to other stuff like RC cars even. You know, these uh, these nice dynamite ground uh, hex drivers. You can use these on RC cars so they're still made. You can still buy these. <laughs> and these are fantastic wrenches too, by the way. They are. Yeah, I've got so. a set. Actually, I've got a couple sets. They're not dynamite, but they're, uh, uh, I don't remember what the other ones were. Maybe I, they are. No, I know what you're talking about there. They might be dynamite. I don't know, but they're they're good too because they have the same deal, the precision ground tips that are yeah. very very tough, mm -hmm. and they fit the fasteners. So, so that's the three compartments. So I'll you know over here on the on the first one, like I said, it was pliers and things like that. So I keep a pair of linesman's pliers. That's what I call them. They're basically like the slip joint. They have two positions, you know, kind of open and and closed. What you would consider the standard pair of pliers. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so I keep a pair of those in there. I keep a pair of small needle nose. Because, mm -hmm. I mean... Like precision. Yeah. You never know when you're going to you know, need to grab something with a pair of needle nose. So it's good to have a pair in there. That is true. And I also have this, uh, I think it's a four, maybe a six inch um, adjustable wrench. You know, that's the one that has the knob on it. You can adjust the jaws open and close. Like a crescent wrench kind of thing? Yep, exactly. Yep. yep. And, then, uh, and then I also have a pair of needle nose vice grips. Those are very handy. Very handy, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean... You need to hold a, you know, the backside of a, of a, uh, you know, a self throw, or I'm sorry, a self locking nut or something like that. These things come in really handy when you can't get anything else on them. Yep. Um, and then I do also keep a 12 millimeter and a 10 millimeter combination wrench in here mm -hmm. for prop nuts. Oh, is that what most of those are then? Yeah. Okay. Well, the the reason I keep a 10 and a 12 in here is like most of the four strokes that I use. Um, they have jam nuts, right? They have a big nut and then a smaller nut that sort of jams into that big nut for to hold the prop on. Mm -hmm. uh, and those are usually a ten and a twelve. Oh, so okay. that's why I keep those in here. And then, uh, and then another pair of the really, really, really precision needle nose, mm -hmm. and a small pair of side cutters. Oh, okay. So that pretty much completes uh, compartment number one. And then in the middle compartment, you know, I said it's where I keep my my Allen wrenches, or if you want to, I'm, I'm going to call them, start calling them hex drivers, because that's really what they are. And I keep those in metric and standard. And yes, there's duplication in my flight box. I was going to ask about that. Um, so the reason I keep 
these, like these dynamite wrenches, for example, they have that nice precision ground square tip on the end. They're not rounded. Mm -hmm. So you have to get pretty much straight on a fastener with these. But because of the handle being nice and you can get a good grip on it and the tip being precision ground, it fits that fastener really, really tight so you can get really, really a lot of torque on it. And that's handy on things like easy connectors that I that I don't like very much. You know, we've yeah. talked about those. Mm -hmm. But also very handy, like in my metric size here, in my two and a half millimeter muffler screws. Like OS muffler screws are yeah. notorious if you don't use Loctite, which I don't like to use Loctite. Um, notorious for vibrating loose if you got a good wrench and you can get a good torque on them they you're not they're not going to come loose okay especially if you tighten them when they're warm oh that's, that's a good tip that's another trick tip free <laughs> uh so yeah uh a set of standard and metric yeah. uh good quality hex drivers i've got a quarter inch um nut driver in here that uh, that i have ground down you can see uh that's for getting to the backside of engine mounts things like that tight spaces mm -hmm. uh especially if you know if there's not room around the nut i ground that down so it would fit down in there obviously you're not going to get a lot of torque on it because it's pretty thin yeah you're going to break it if you put too much on it but enough to where i can tighten things that i need to tighten and then yeah and then i have the same basic thing in metric these are these are left over from my car days mm, tamaya uh, yeah but the, these are really great quality aluminum uh nut drivers Again, you're not going to get a lot of torque on these because they're made of aluminum. But if you got a metric nut and you don't have a stand, or if you don't have a nut driver that fits it, these are perfect for that. For RC airplanes, for a lot of things though, if you're gonna if you're gonna tighten it so much to where you're gonna break an aluminum tool, you've got more problems than that because you're gonna be breaking whatever else you're working on. That's true. So you That's don't need a lot true. of a lot of torque with that. Yeah, I would say like ninety percent of the stuff that we're gonna be putting applying torque to. We're talking less than 10 inch pounds. Yeah. Really. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing that you're really going to torque down in this hobby is, you know, prop nuts, engine mounts, and all that kind right. of stuff, too, a little muffler, bit. But, muffler screws, things yeah. like that. Yep. But for everything else, you're not going to be putting right. hardly any pressure on exactly. it. Exactly. So, so these little tools, you know, are, are, are fine for mm -hmm. that. You know, and this one that I ground down is fine. So that's the center section. And then I pretty much already covered what's over here in this last compartment, just kind of a hodgepodge of, leftover stuff like I've, you know, I've got a handy little flat screwdriver here for getting into um, Sato low speed needles. And that's, that's like a, a micro size. Yeah, it's very, very small. It's almost like the eyeglass kit size. Right. I was just going to say like the little uh, micro screwdriver kits you get. Where there's like six of them in there or something yeah. like that. Yep. Something, mm -hmm. I actually used to keep one of those kits in here and then it just became too much to manage and then I threw this in there. And Between this plenty. one and that Phillips screwdriver i can get pretty much everything i need so so we're not going to build an airplane out of the tools that i have in here but you can certainly go flying and do quick repairs with with the assortment of stuff that i have here and then i i keep you know keep a sharp exacto knife in there because you never know you might need to cut a piece of fuel tubing or you know cut a piece covering away yeah that's something else you should probably have in your box is packing tape Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, and I yeah, normally just in do. Case, I actually, just in case something happens, you can always do a quick fix and fly again. Right. And that and, way you can fix it when you get home, but it's enough to get you up in the air. Right. And I was going to mention that. Um, so I actually kind of have two flight boxes. So I, I have this one that, that I take you know, with me 80% of the time I go fly. But sometimes I'm, I'm not flying a nitro or a gasser 
or whatever, and I don't need all this, right? Yeah, because electric is a lot more easy to fly, a lot simpler to take. You got to worry about batteries, and there, and that's about it. I mean, you don't right. have to deal with all the extra tools, right? So I, I keep a box just for when I'm when I'm only going to take electrics, and that's a cool little tote. It's fabric. It's got a little handle on it. it. Has pouches on the sides, around the sides. Yeah. For perfect for putting your battery, your like your flight batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, I'll you know you throw the charger and and your balance boards or whatever in the center. Roll of paper towels and uh, and cleaner, and then uh, a pair of side gutters. And that's really all you need to take with you. Yeah. So for electric, you really don't even need the glass cleaner or the uh, paper towels. That's true. Because it's so much cleaner. It is cleaner. It is cleaner, but I find that sometimes when I'm flying electric, I'm flying at a, you know, at a at a park or at a school or whatever, and the if the grass is wet or whatever, it throws glory. dewy, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, dewy, dewy, dewy. I like that. If it's <laughs> dewy, uh, it'll throw grass up on the airplane, you know, and then I like to clean that off. I like to try to keep my airplanes clean. Yeah, and dry. And dry. That's the best part of them. Yeah, they don't like to be wet. No, they don't. Mm-mm. You've discovered that. Uh-huh. So yeah, that pretty much uh, that pretty much covers what's in my uh, my nitro, if you will, flight box, nitro and gasser, and then like I said, I, I keep another one just for electric stuff, and I keep it ultra simple. You know, it's got a I think I have a Phillips screwdriver in it in case you need to remove a battery hatch. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, like a two in one, I have a little cool little two in one screwdriver that I keep for that. Mm-hmm. Um, a pair of side cutters because, like I said, if you need to get a battery out in a hurry. Side gutters. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think I keep a small pair of needle nose. And that's pretty much it for tools that I'll keep in my little electric-only box. Yeah, there's not a lot that you need for electric. No, not really. Just saying. Yeah. Well, I don't disagree. Yeah. Nitro is so dirty. Well, nitro is so much more fun, though. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. So do, um, do you have any questions? No, I think that makes sense as to everything I guess I need to yeah, and like organize. I said, and like and I said, just because Tom says he keeps it in his box, obviously everybody does things differently. And I could certainly clean this box. I mean, it's a mess, to be honest. Um, I could certainly clean it out and probably condense a lot of stuff and probably shave 10 pounds off the dang thing. Um, but you never know when you're going to need the stuff, so I just leave it in there. Well, but most of the time you do have glass cleaner and paper towels in there too, though. So I do, yeah. The, I I will make a make a little spot in the top usually for my uh, roll of paper towels, and uh, the glass cleaner will either ride in the in the radio box sometimes, or it'll ride in my electric only flight box. Most of the time, I end up taking both boxes. Yeah, because the the electric one has handy, like I said, little pouches in there. I can put my batteries in there and then as i fly one i put it on the other side knowing that it's discharged that way good idea you know what i mean so yeah so there you go that's uh that covers what uh, tom keeps in his flight box well uh i don't think i have anything else then do you i just wanted to say uh you know the fourth of july weekend's coming up wish i hope everybody has a good fourth of july stay safe and hope you guys get a lot of flying in sounds good so anything else nope (laughs) Okay, until next time, I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Good night. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. 
please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.